0: <laughs> hey, um, really appreciate you guys sitting with your kids, and maybe not even your kids, maybe you're one of the extended family members, but coming out and, and being part of that. It's important for them to be able to understand that you guys care, and so every person in this room helped every individual kid over there, uh, really big deal. I um, want to go into the fantasy relationship with you guys more than I wanted to with them, because the way that mama handled this situation. Um, young lady, 17 years old, getting ready to graduate college or graduate high school, um, turns 18 during the school year, goes down to the, to the post office, gets her passport, buys a plane ticket, and comes home to mom and says, Mom, I'm going to Ireland. And mom's like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> like, excuse me? funny story about mom is she's an official in the school district works in her daughter's school her daughter is valedictorian of the school and is ready to give up all of that because she plays xbox live with a boy who's in ireland he's 27 she knew his name she knew his profession knew his location and knew a few other things about him that he told her obviously so all of them could have been manufactured (laughs) so luckily Opal Singleton the one who wrote this book was in California and actually did a presentation for their school administration and their school so she had Opal's number (laughs) thankfully she calls up Opal and Opal says well you're in a lose lose situation (laughs) she was just honest you tell her no she's going to get on the plane you tell her yes she's going to get on the plane so we got to figure out how to how to respond. You know, there's almost always five ways you can really have a conversation. And, and you know, half of those results are going to be results you don't want and half are going to be results that you kind of do. But somewhere along the line, you might not be friends, but you got the result you are hoping for, which isn't what you're hoping for. You want to have a restored relationship and a solution that doesn't get your girl trafficked in Ireland, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the end goal. So she, she told Opal, I have no idea what to do. So Opal said, how about you try this? You trust your daughter. You love your daughter. Your daughter trusts and loves you enough to tell you about the ticket. So let's try this. She clearly wants you to be part of her life on some way. So tell her this. Have her cash in the plane ticket and buy him a plane ticket to here. Tell him, have her tell him that you'll pay for his plane ticket, his stay, and any lost wages while he's gone. Because if you're crazy about him, I'm going to be crazy about him. And I want to be part of your relationship. I want to be part of your life. I don't want to lose you moving to Ireland to go see this guy. And that was a round-trip ticket, so she was planning on coming home, but Mom knew she wasn't going to get back on that plane. The girl was planning on it. Obviously, had these intentions, but she was planning on marrying this guy. And so Mom's like, if you're crazy about him, we're going to be crazy about him. So let's bring him here. Let's find out when it's best for him. You can finish out high school, and, which is almost the weirdest thing to be able to say, right? Like, you can finish out high school. Why do we have to worry about this at such a young age? And so the girl bought it. She's like, Mom, that's such a good idea. That's way better than anything I could have come up. You hear the spirit of compromise in there? She's not shutting the door, assassinating it right away. She's going, Okay. My daughter legitimately thinks this is a good idea. How can I help guide the situation so that my daughter figures out it's not the best? And so, cashing in the plane ticket, she contacts him via Xbox Live <laughs> to tell him what she's done and her mom's idea. And he never contacts her again. Never contacts her again. That's right, cha-ching, saved your life. <laughs> Boom, right? That's the way it's supposed to go. This girl only knew like five things about this boy and filled in everything else. He was a good schmoozer, had the accent. Come on, we know it speaks, right? <laughs> had everything that she ever wanted, loved the games she loved. They'd been playing Xbox Live for a year. A year. And there was no reason for mama not to let her play Xbox Live. She's the valid Victorian of the school. She's getting her stuff done. She's a good kid. So it's not always the bad kids that are getting duped. It's important for you to realize that. Um, I don't know the ages of all the kids. So I did not want to kind of describe some of what trafficking looks like with them in here. So I'm going to let you guys decide that for your kids the level of content. Um, we do have a, a documentary online. It's uh, called uh, Finding Home. It's on Netflix right now. Huge, huge break for us as a ministry. I mean, people all over the world are starting to figure out who we are because of this. I mean, God has just, it like hit, it hit the mainstream, man, like running. They actually had just turned off our website to move to a new building. So our server was like down when, when it hit Netflix, we're like, oh, we got to get this back up really fast. Or we will not look legitimate, because we are legitimate. So we like, start putting stuff back on the website. We're sending t-shirts to Rome. Cool stuff. But it's a great documentary for you to go through, kind of get who we are as a ministry. But, uh, and, and get a picture of what trafficking looks like around the world. Here in the States, the most popular way right now that I know of is gang trafficking. And um, there's terms that I'll use. It might make some of you blush, but I'm going to use them. Uh, So I'm not going to apologize. That's just how it's going to be. It's a tough conversation. So I'm sorry if this offends you. (laughs) Now, I I don't care if it's it's not going to offend you. I'm sorry if this embarrasses you. But this is a conversation that's real. And I want you guys to understand how big it is. Um, In the world of trafficking for gangs, they have many ways of grooming and breaking psychologically, physically their victims um, to the point where they, are, they become dependent, to the point where they fall in love with their trafficker. Um, one of the ways that they uh, do this is they'll bring a girl in, they immediately brand her with their gang sign or symbol, um, they may barcode her with a number, but that barcode is then property of Crips or Bloods or whoever it is. So a brander with a hot brand, I mean sear it right on there, Uh, or a tattoo gun, probably not a clean tattoo gun. They're not worried about that because it's just property. But then they will proceed to rape her, every gang member, uh, over and over again, each day. The, The term gang bang is real now. I mean it's I don't know if it was before when I was a kid but I never understood what it was but it is now real for any victim of sex trafficking in the United States and it's happening especially in our larger cities um, they they put them on a circuit and when they get to the new place it happens to them again showing ownership domineering and it's a form of breaking them psychologically and then the leader will come in and say, hey guys, this one's mine, you can't have her anymore. Well, now he's hero. He's the hero. He rescued her from the rest of the game. And now he puts her out on the street and says, okay, baby, you know we need money. <laughs> I'll buy you dinner after you make so much. I'll give you a dinner break. I'll pick you up at this corner at this time, and I'll bring tacos. And she has to see three or five clients. He gets there if she's only seen two. Well, you can't have these tacos till you've seen five clients. Now it's seven. So if you want some tacos, get out there and work. You know I hate doing this to you. I hate doing this to you. Putting it back on her. All part of the process. All part of it. Uh, another one of the ways that they'll groom, you have the gang style. But they'll put her in a closet. And the closet door has a slit about this big and they'll slide a tray in with a pile of food if they feed her at all. Um, They'll slide it in and slide it out. She's not allowed out of the closet. If she speaks, they take her out and they beat her profusely. Like beat her. Grab her hair, tear her out of the closet, hit her with sticks, hit her with bats, kick her, throw her back in the closet, tell her to shut up and not talk to anybody swearing at her, calling her names all of that every time she talks until she doesn't talk for a day not allowed to go out to pee to poop eats in the same closet as she defecates this is a form of breaking somebody's psyche it would make any of us go crazy, any of us and they do it very quickly they're efficient like I said, these guys are smart You don't quintuple a business without being good at what you do. Um, So the girl is in the closet. Again, head pimp, gangbang, you know, master, whatever, comes in and swoops in and says, hey, baby, I didn't mean for them to leave you in this closet this long. I'm so sorry. I promise that as long as you do everything I say, I will never let them put you in this closet again. But if, if you don't do what I say, I can't protect you anymore. See what I'm saying? It puts it back on that girl. Back on her shoulders. Um, the way it's happened in grooming socially, um, you'll see domineering relationships, controlling relationships. And they kind of do that with like 30, 30 people at a time. 40 people at a time. <clears throat> Take her out for ice cream. What kind of ice cream do you want? I want chocolate. Doesn't matter what she picks, he's going to find something wrong with it. No, you don't. You don't want chocolate. Chocolate chocolate will make you fat. She wants vanilla, please. See what happened? He took one small choice from her. He demeaned her, and then later he's going to call her beautiful. So what they're trying to do to these kids is take their value away, and then they're the only one who can give it back. So what happens then is you as parents lose the ability to encourage your own kid because these unhealthy relationships are around them. Now, what that's going to do is if it's not a trafficker, if it's just an unhealthy relationship, what that's going to do is they now have normalized manipulative behavior in conversation and relationship. So girls are going to be more prone to that in a relationship with a guy. I mean, you look at some of these girls, they've got great dads, but terrible boyfriends, and you're like, how did this happen? I thought you were supposed to marry somebody like your daddy. Your daddy treats you like a princess. This guy can't even spell princess. You know, like, (laughs) how is this happening? And it's because slowly her self-worth has been degraded and daddy no longer has the keys to give it back because he doesn't speak degradation language. He's not tearing her down so he can lift her up. And so they take it from this intrinsic value and make it a merit value. And that's all it is. That you're worthless unless you're mine. And the the clients that they're seeing, they're not wearing condoms, they're not getting tested for STIs, they're not they're not being made to be nice. I mean this is property. Um now because of some of the legislation. Oftentimes the bodyguards are not outside the room like they used to be. So if things got too rowdy, they went in to protect the property. Now they're down in a car at the gate making sure that they don't leave before they pay. That's how they're doing it. Making sure they turn in the key when they're done. The only time they go up is if they go over time. They're not worried about it. But they can't afford to be caught up there by the room. Another thing that's happening is they're uh, taking girls, convincing them that they love them. This is called Romeo pimping. Um, And almost all of the gang trafficking turns into a form of Romeo pimping because she thinks she's the favorite. There's 30 other girls, but I'm his favorite. And that's what he tells every one of them. And they eat it up like it's, you know, ice cream on a hot day. They believe him. Because he's taken their value and he holds it. Nobody else has the ability to build them up. And so Romeo pimping, what will happen is now that girl is no longer going to roll over on her pimp. So when they arrest the girl for prostitution, she takes the hit. I was uh, out in Pennsylvania. Um, There's some cool ladies out there on on the East Coast doing some amazing work in the legislative world. Um, I was at University of Pennsylvania and got to hear some of their lectures. And prostitution currently is the only crime in the in the books where you are uh, being charged for being a prostitute. Not the crime of prostitution. In the wording, they're labeling. How impactful are labels to us these days? They're super impactful. So these ladies not only are being labeled as a prostitute by the by the government, but when they get released, guess who's there to pick them up? Their boyfriend, the pimp. Hey baby, I need you to work overtime now because we lost like three days pay while you were in there. And so the the reoffender rate in Pennsylvania is off the charts because of Romeo pimping, because they're all in love with their trafficker. You can't tell me that a 14 to 17 year old chooses this lifestyle. By the way, the average age of prostitution in America is 13, 13 years old. The average age of the kids in this room is probably about 14. So they're one year younger than the average of these kids, 13 years old. I have a niece that just turned 11. She hasn't even hit puberty yet. And I'm thinking these guys are targeting these. Why are they targeting young girls? Media is tearing them down. So they have this self-image that's never going to match up to Photoshop. We're not allowed as parents to talk about things like sex in our homes. By the way, if you think you need to talk to them in a couple of years, you probably need to talk to them last year. Because when I was a kid, sex talk probably would have been fine in seventh grade. Right now, it's probably fourth. Fourth grade. So some of you are behind it. Hopefully your youth pastor can give you some resources to help you out. (laughs) But you need to have the talk. There's power of first information. One of the reasons I want you guys specifically to have this book and to continue research. This is not the only book out there, but this is the newest and I think the best on America's teens. But it's because the power of first information. If you've got two kids and one comes to you and says, he hit me. (laughs) Why did you hit her? (laughs) Well, you don't know who hit who first, right? But first information, guilty until proven innocent, right? Like my side of the story is first, so my side's best. Well, guess who's telling them first? Justin Bieber, <laughs> the kid on the bus. Anybody but you. And we need to help the church have power of first information back. That's not a program that we run. That's a style in your homes. And that needs to be something that you take priority in. And when you figure it out, one thing, tell somebody else about it. When you have one thing that works, share it with somebody. Because then they can implement it. And maybe it won't take them, you know, two kids and three failures to figure it out, right? Like, kids are test dummies. You know, they don't have crash pads, they don't have seat belts. We're just in it to win it, right? We're just trying our best. Sometimes you hit walls at 60 miles an hour. And how you field those crashes are going to determine whether you keep your kids or not. And um, there's a lot of things um, that you can really hit on, but it's important that the footprints of trafficking, footprints of trafficking, fit right into the footprints of other forms of abuse. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that deer trail that's familiar to them. They're not going to pick the kid who's got a strong family presence, who's at every basketball game or chess match or whatever your kids are doing. They're going to look for that kid who after the game, they shoot the winning shot, their coach congratulates them, everybody cheers their name, and then nobody's there to pick them up after the game. They're walking home. They're going to find the kid whose mom shows up an hour late to, to school to pick them up. Sorry, sweetie, I forgot what time. They're going to find the kid who has drugs in their home, who's got a bad relationship that they just got out of. They're going to find vulnerability, and they're like vultures. Vultures, and they are relentless. Kids' lives are ruined in a day. There's a girl, I, I joked about the kick thing, they didn't, so kick. Mom and dad saved for like a year. This girl had a flip phone and hated it she wanted a smartphone and for her 16th birthday mom and dad saved up every penny to give her a smartphone so she wouldn't be made fun of by her friends anymore <clears throat> three weeks later two weeks later mom went, mom wants her to clean her room guess what she does she posts a status on kick i'm mad at my mom She's made me clean my room it's my room why do i got to clean it you've heard it all <laughs> but now everybody else has heard it too guy who had noticed her picture from this angle saw somebody who was maybe sexually active or interested and took note of that two weeks later sees the comment and says girl what's your mom doing to you today oh she's being a meanie head and this that and the other whatever she said conversation goes on girl you you shouldn't have to clean your room you're a princess your mom just sees you as cinderella the stepchild, you're the real one. You're the real deal. Says everything this girl wants to know. And if she heard it from somebody else's ears, she'd been like, "Fool, you a creep!" <laughs> like, but she didn't hear it from somebody else's ears. She heard it from her desperation, from her desire to be accepted and loved. The desire, the, the same desire that got her parents to save up for a smartphone. She goes to Dairy Queen at the mall, and he's supposed to buy her ice cream. 13 weeks later, something like that, her family finds her with the help of Opal and others. Cyber task force, trying to track her down. Only reason they caught her was her trafficker used a credit card. Otherwise, they had never been able to pin it on him. She didn't know what city she was in. She, they used nicknames for the cities. They used nicknames for the hotels. And the trafficker, (laughs) get this, wasn't the one writing the books, the bookings. One of the girls was. So now the trafficker doesn't even have his hand on that trigger. So when the ship goes down, he lets the ship fall. And he goes and finds a new one to sail. These guys are ruthless and they're creative. And I hate it. And trafficking is it's real now there's organ trafficking where people are you know rare blood types their organs are being sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars on the on the black market there's marriage trafficking there's labor trafficking every form of trafficking that we've gotten that's labor trafficking also has some form of sex trafficking involved or sexual abuse when they're not working the field or the or the workshop they're being abused sexually by their traffickers and these are children, six to 18 for rough house. I met a four-year-old when I was there. Held a four-year-old in my arms. And her mom specifically sold her, kno- knowing that she was gonna be sex trafficked. This is a big deal. and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because there is hope in this whole situation and you are it because you carry the name of Jesus. And you have the opportunity to create homes that are pro-safety that are pro-healing, that are pro-conversation. You have that opportunity. And I want you guys to understand that you can do it. You really can. If my parents, whose list of bad things was so long, but she turned out three okay kids, mom and dad turned out three okay kids, because they have a few things right, I want you to know you can do it. I believe in you. And when you have one thing right, share it with somebody else. Questions? Um, you can get some filters, would be my first step. Triple um, X Church has some great filters for pornography, but they also bring up questionable sites. So, and you can put those on smartphones as well. Um, so, Triple X Church is a great way to do that. Um, best way, in my opinion, to keep your phones all safe. Uh, I don't know what you use for your phones. I don't know if Google Play, if you can have one password for your family and you have to approve all the downloads. Um, But I know on iTunes, you can do it that way. So you get a family plan, I think it's like $25 or something like that to link all of your iTunes together. And then you get to parents approve their purchases. Um, So investigate that with AT&T or Sprint, whoever you have for your cell phone provider. But that's the first real big thing, is make sure your kids aren't downloading anything without you knowing first. Um, And then watch out for additional devices, because they are divisive, (laughs) and they will find a device to defy you. Um, (laughs) If they really want it, it's easy to find them. Um, But if you strategize that with them and say, hey, this is for your safety, this is, I'm I'm not, if you want something, tell me, and we can go through it, read the reviews, and I'll buy it for you if you want it, like, or we can download this free app if, if it's really helpful. Make sure that they understand you're not trying to take away their fun. You're trying to limit their regret. Um, Good boundaries have got to be made, shared, and displayed. Um, And obeyed by everybody. (laughs) By the way, parents, every time you say you're the exception to the rule, when you say no dessert after 8 o'clock and you get ice cream... You're teaching your child to break the rules. (laughs) Or you're teaching them that the integrity of your rule is not necessarily good for everybody. Therefore, they're going to put themselves in in the exception list. So if you say we're monitoring all purchases, maybe it's good for you even to say, hey, I'm buying this for my phone. See what I'm saying? Giving that kind of accountability to them as well. Um, And I know it seems weird because you don't answer to your child. But in a way, you as a family, if you're going to strategize, you've got to do it together. But a a good boundary is for, I'm going to give this to you so it sounds like it came from you and not from me. Boundaries are not there to limit our fun. They're there to limit our regret. Uh, Think about going down a mountain, all the boundaries. You have emergency pull-offs with those uh, snap lines for the semis. If he doesn't have that, he's going to run over the family in a station wagon when his brakes fail and everybody's gonna regret that. You got guardrails keeping you from running off, so remember that statement. We're gonna set up some family boundaries (laughs) with our technology use, and they're not there to limit our fun, they're there to limit our regret. Knowing this, that I don't want you to download something by accident that I will regret, and you might regret you downloading. So I think that's that's a good way of approaching boundaries, because automatically when I say the word boundaries, I teach sex ed part-time, Every time I talk about boundaries in relationships, the kid's like, oh, he's going to tell me not to have sex. You know, like that's kind of, in public school, that's what they think. They're like, oh, he's going to tell me I can't have fun. No, I'm just going to tell you you might want to set some boundaries up. Otherwise, you're going to get HIV at 14. You see what I'm saying? That's not fun. <laughs> I'm limiting your regret by helping you set up healthy boundaries. So it's important for kids to get that boundaries is not a bad word. It can be a really good thing. So, and you can show them that with financial boundaries. We save this much so we can go on family vacation. So, you can kind of help them understand ways that boundaries have benefited them in the past. So, Triple X Church for, for especially pornography filters, but also questionable websites, they will pop up. Uh, and then getting everybody on the same password and not sharing that with your child. <laughs> Also, I think monitoring your kids' devices, going through their content. Um, it's gonna be hard to convince them, but it's gonna be important. Um, if they have Snapchat, I don't recommend it, but I would I would recommend going through their Snapchat history with them. Say, so, hey, every night before bedtime, we're just gonna go through some of this stuff. And um, if their history has uh, you know, YouTube history has lost a lot of seemingly sites. Maybe they had a rough day. You might be able to start a conversation that way. But I would, I would regularly inspect some of those apps that they do use. It's okay. You're not the warden, so don't act like it. Make sure they understand it's they're good. And even if they don't like it, still do it. What kind of games does he play? Rust. Rust? Is it on? Is it on Xbox or is it on Steam? So computer gaming. Okay. Um, So I'm, I'm an avid gamer. Like I love to game. I, I do. I I don't get much time these days because I work. Like (laughs) it's hard to work a full time job and play a full time job. Right. Had a guy living with me and he, actually like, played full time. He's not living with me anymore. (laughs) They don't pay rent when they just play video games. I I mean, you know your kid. You know what affects him personally. Um, I personally, I mean, I look at gaming as anything else. Somebody looking on Facebook for three hours, to me is the same thing as a kid on an Xbox for three hours. You're both zoned in on technology. He may actually be getting more community than you are. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So limiting, I think... He may, I don't know if it's got global chat on it, things like that, where he'd be at risk. But I think, I think saying, hey, who are your Xbox Live friends, friends right now? And if he pulls up a list of like 100 people, say, who do you know in person? And then encourage him to tailor that list back to just people he knows from school or uh, maybe family, things like that. You know what I'm saying? So making sure that his contact list is appropriate. Um, would be a good way to do it. And with this conversation, like, hey, we just heard about a girl who got duped. We want to protect you from that. So let's go through and you tell me who everybody is. And anybody we don't know as a family, we're going to either delete them or send them a message, hey, my mom doesn't know who you are, <laughs> so I'm deleting you. Like, But help him have that idea that that's a safe thing for him to do. So limiting, I mean, obviously punishing, things like that. Schoolwork, maybe inviting him out into the real world. I don't know what his social skills are like. Um, but that's, I, would, I wouldn't have kids play more than two hours a day probably. Um, maybe weekends a little bit more. Some of these parents are probably like, two hours a day is a lot. <laughs> so, so it's just, it's your kid, it's your house, how you want to run it. But are they able to put Jesus first in their life? Is it becoming an addiction? those kinds of cyber questions. And by the way, games are very addictive um, and can really inhibit relationships. So um, I think having some self-evaluation for your family would be helpful. Um, I'm trying to think of any uh, good books on technology. And I can't think of any, but a good book for you and him to go through might be uh, Wild at Heart and what really is an adventure. Because oftentimes, Kids are replacing real adventure with fake adventure. And so they can't face real life um, because everything's digital or everything's fake. So it may be a good book for the two of you to go through what makes a man And what, what are you missing out on because you're improving your skills online versus in life. So that may be a big deal. Uh, could be a game changer for you. Any other questions? You can, you can chime in on video games, too. Do you guys have things that work for your kids? How many of you have what you call a gamer in your house? <laughs> the back row. <laughs> um, do you have any problems with their amount of time that they play? Have you found ways to inspire them to get off of their, aside from yelling and screaming and kicking? <laughs> She's like, well, I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. What have you, what have you found helpful? Okay, yeah, maybe Mom played enough with you if she's terrible enough. He might not want to play on your team anymore. <laughs> How about you? Anything that you've done to help? <laughs> yeah. Well, here, and here's a challenge for you guys as you're trying to extend relationship of trust to your kids. Remember God's model. He put on skin. Came down to live among us. That's important for you to understand. If your kids like Beyonce, Listen to some Beyonce and figure out why they like her. You know what I'm saying? At least understand the content that's going in. Don't condemn it till you listen to it, and when you listen to it and they feel weird because you're listening to it, <laughs> I can't listen to this song with you, mom. Why, why not? <laughs> you know <laughs> It talks about girls, you know? Like sometimes it's OK. So put some skin on with that. I like that you have tried to play. Have you tried to play? <laughs> she's like, nope. <laughs> well, and in computer gaming, it's even more expensive because you have to have two gaming computers to be able to do it. That's good. So she's saying they have good lockdown filters and stuff. Um, so I think it's important for you guys to hear what they've said. They've tried to play with them, um, and then helping the kids understand when that Xbox get t- gets taken away or computer's taken away, it's because their own fault. It's not you. You're punishing yourself. Here was the law, here was the punishment, and here's your action. The law is punishing you, not me as a parent. <laughs> You're punishing yourself. Because they want to make decisions for themselves, so give them some boundaries and some parameters in that. With rewards, that's all going to help you get brownie points. And that's what we want, brownie points. And brownies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah so the numbers of trafficking he's asking a lot of excuse me the examples are on girls and not very many on boys reality is 80% of all trafficking is female so one in five are going to be male predominantly from other cultures Dominican Republic is huge for trafficking boys India is growing for trafficking of boys. Um, I would say that here, stateside, um, trafficking for boys is growing because they're using 21-year-old ladies to entice them into it. Does that make sense? And here's the, the trend of trafficking follows the trend of pornography. Okay, so trend of trafficking, trend of pornography, very similar. Um, they, the numbers on, tra- on pornography used to be like ninety-five-five. Now they're somewhere in the ballpark of 65, 35. Male to female use. So females are beginning to, and, and I don't want to get on Fifty Shades of Grey, but I cannot tell you how many women I have respected that have used that as a crutch. Well, you men got this titty show over here, so I'm going to watch this. Women I have respected using the actions of men to justify their own actions now I don't know if you've seen the movie I don't know I don't care if you've seen it or not but I want you to know that all of that behavior is destructive and what the fixing the problem isn't swinging the pendulum the other way and creating a problem on the other side so trafficking is predominantly female I think that we're gonna begin seeing more males in it but honestly, the role in trafficking for most men is the perpetrator, is, is the customer. And um, we're seeing, especially in like third world countries, kids being born in the brothels and then raised up by the trafficker as if he was their own. And these kids are super traffickers. The reason being is they've never known women as anything but a commodity. They've never seen it. They are gorillas. They are heartless, ruthless, and they're dealing in a commodity, and that's all they know them for. That's it. That's it. So um, there are issues with boys. I would say similar things. Um, I'll I'll say this. I know um, grooming, grooming happens how somebody's groomed. So same-sex attractions, many times um, there's abuse from a a family member. Uh, 90% of all uh, sexual assaults, sexual encounters um, happen from a familiar person, 90%. It's a big deal. We're getting ready to go into family season, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So 90% are somebody familiar it's a teacher, a coach, a family member, extended family member, or close family friend. What happens to these kids is if, if a sixth grader is talking about things that he shouldn't be talking about. It either means his media content needs to be, like, cut off, <laughs> or something has been done to him. So when they talk about inappropriate age acts, this is where you can really find it in boys. And this is more abuse side but it can turn into trafficking if untouched, if undealt with, Um, or them becoming a perpetrator, potentially um, causing others to have same-sex attractions along the way, if that makes sense. Um, So the shame factor of this uh, abuse is huge. When something's done to somebody and they feel shame over that, That breeds so much hurt. And when that hurt comes to its fullest extent, it's going to reach out and hurt somebody else. Maybe because they're just experimenting, showing affection the same way Uncle Louie did. Does that make sense? They only know how to interact with how they've been interacted with. And they know they felt weird, but they want somebody else to feel how they felt. So now we can empathize. And then what happens is two people down the road, now you've created so much damage that these people don't have Uncle Louie to blame. And they are actually now acting out in other ways. And so I do see some of that grooming happening in young men with same-sex attraction. I see some of that. I work at the movie theater. Um, I, I, I may see it in one of the young men that I'm working with right now. Um, I think he's dating a, a 20-year-old, and he's 18. So I, that's, that's probably the closest that I've personally experienced. Um, but there, there, it is happening, and it is following the trend of pornography, and women are rapidly catching up to men in the amount of consumption of porn. Rapidly catching up. And by the way, we had a real big head start. Stats on trafficking, by the way, they do interviews with the kids when they come back with the, with the victims. Almost every one of them. It's like 98% engaged in something on camera for the purpose of producing pornography. 98%. That means most free or cheap
1: porn made by a sex trafficking victim. 756 last question for the good of the cause
0: he asked how the government in the United States is doing taking out these guys so I love how you phrased your question (laughs) because they're not taking them out (laughs) Um, actually five years ago they thought that it was a prostitution problem five years ago just within the last five years they begin to realize these people are not necessarily choosing this life, but being groomed into it, forced fraud or coercion. And once they've been coerced, convinced, now they're in it, and it's, the acts after that are because the brokenness delivered before. So they're just now getting on, in on this. Joplin, Missouri, where I'm from, actually has like a four-man task force for online trafficking by itself, just cyber task force. any and all cyber crimes primarily they're tracking sex offenders and traffickers from Joplin to Kansas City not very populated the highest number of cases prosecuted in the United States that means our our task force is doing something right I think it's because of organizations like Rafa there's several uh, anti-abortion ministries and different things like that that have really supported that and helped that get into effect so, we are becoming experts, um, beginning to figure out the tricks of the trade. Uh, There's a huge thing at the Iowa State Fair. I met one of the officers that was involved in that. He gave about a 15 minute uh, overview of what he saw personally when he rescued these kids out of this and got the perps and put them in the paddy wagon. I mean, they literally had buses for the girls and buses for the, for the, for the perps. And um, very, very strategic. They are beginning to communicate better, and I love that. So we're growing in that. I would, I would recommend if you call your local police station or your, your county cl- police, find out if you have a cyber task force. And if you don't, there are some serious things that you can maybe begin petitioning your governor for. Hey, we'd like a cyber task force in our area. I mean, you're Lexington, Kentucky. You need a cyber task force, and you need a big one. Um, So, they're getting better. Um, I would say light years ahead of where they were five years ago. So, legislation is improving on it, making it more difficult for them to get out of it. The issue is, though, they're convincing the girls to take the fall. And if she takes the fall for him, there's nothing they can do unless they can catch him red-handed. So, um, hopefully there's going to be ways we can do that. So. Yeah. Um, I don't have all that many stats other than the sexual abuse rate on college campuses is rising. Okay. Remember, same footprints. Okay. Same footprints. And frat parties, uh, the amount of date rape that's going on at frat parties is huge. Um, What was it? The football team, basketball team, uh, Louisville, Lubbock was hiring prostitutes to come visit with recruits. Hello.
1: <laughs> it
0: happened at one university. We know it's happening at more. I mean, it's a big deal. So I would say um, I will get back to you on stats for college campuses and see if I can find anything for U- U.K. or K.U. U.K. University. Okay. KU's in Kansas, and they're terrible. <laughs> well, in basketball, they're pretty good. <laughs> Football, they're pretty sorry right now. <laughs> um, last but not least, I want you guys to know how much I care about the church becoming the first responder on this. I I care so much. This means your jobs, if you've got opportunities at your jobs. How many of your teachers... Uh, medical workers, police officers, anything like that, foster care system, all of that. You guys can train everybody in your organization. And Opal, she stepped back from some of her training because of her husband's health issues, but Opal does continuing education for all of those areas. She's certified in California. So if you wanted to do a citywide, countywide invitation, Um, Joplin, we did one, we had 125 police, child service workers, nurses, teachers um, come to learn signs, how to respond, where to go. It was like an all-day seminar, accounted for eight hours of continuing education. So not only can you help protect your city, but the church is stepping up and saying, we're going to do something about this. So there are things like that that you can do maybe even with an organization here in your area. And I'll be talking with the elders tomorrow, I think, about some of the opportunities that I found here um, that you can jump in with. Joplin is a far away as away. You can't come sweep our floors. I mean, you could. I'll take you out to lunch or something if you did. (laughs) Get some good eats downtown. But it's not practical. So how do you guys jump in here as a church? I mean, you can do trainings. You can do that kind of stuff. But it's so important. We don't have to know everything, but whatever we know that we share it. Don't hide your light. Okay? Because the world needs to know about this. And uh, I would encourage you to continue the conversation um, in your own research. Go to Rothhouse.org, Go to Netflix. Watch our Finding Home video. Um, just start diving in. You're going to get terrified, but get some popcorn, extra butter, and just dive in. God, you are mighty, you are powerful, and sometimes we take the troubles of this world and our kids on our own, and uh, we apologize for that, for not leaning on you, for not seeking your wisdom, for not seeking your path, that's well lit, we know it is, We we just forget sometimes, and so God, I pray that right now you would give courage to my brothers and sisters in this room that they would be able to fight this battle with you. Courage enough to ask for help. Courage enough to uh, enact a plan. But God, I pray that as they do this, that you would give them supernatural authority in their kids' lives. That their kids would understand It's for their good. And even if things stink for a while, it's for their benefit. And Lord, I pray that you would help these families in this church represented in this room and not represented live without regret that their family has a plan not just against trafficking but other big things and lord as they grow their plan that you would grow your kingdom through it you create disciples in their homes you create strategic followers for you and uh, god i pray that you would just build up this family system and so that nothing could get between them and that years and years and years of wisdom would be able to be poured out And grow these kids. And God may that wisdom be your wisdom. So God we ask for you to fill us with your spirit. And I pray blessings on my brothers and sisters. As they embark on a journey. That they are just starting in some ways. And Lord I pray that you would help them see things that they wouldn't see. Give them discernment. And wisdom beyond their experience. That they would know that it's you that they would understand that you are filling them every single day with what they need for the day. God, we ask that you would continue to give us more of you and continue to give us uh, more of who you are in us so that we can witness to those around us. It's your love, pray. Amen.